0: Welcome to Messy in the Middle, the podcast. We are two realtors from two different coasts working to improve and grow. We believe you deserve to have a thriving business and live a balanced life. Your journey from ideas to implementation starts now.
1: Hey, good afternoon, Jeffy. How are you?
0: I'm great today, Ed. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, but I think you're beyond great because you just got back from an epic, epic ride, bike Boy. ride.
0: Yes, I did. You no. Know,
1: <laughs> give us a like one minute on that before we jump in and we'll probably have an episode theme on this whole thing. So go for it.
0: Okay. So I just rode six hundred and twenty miles San Francisco to San Diego. Actually, I personally rode five forty, but there's six hundred and twenty miles total. And I broke all of my goals I've ever had, my personal, my PRs. So I rode 118 miles and 7,000 feet in one day. That was pretty insane. The organization's called the Challenge Athletes Foundation, or CAF, and they raise money for people who are have limb difference, which means that they are missing a limb or quadriplegic, paraplegic, and they help them get involved in sport.
1: Yeah, such a great organization. Insane. Yeah, and kudos to you. And uh, that's—it's just great to set a goal like that and to crush it. And we're going to do true. an episode on that whole thing. Yeah. But uh, we're going to bring it back down to the real estate level and some of the <laughs> <Okay>. frus- frustrations. <laughs> now that you're full and feeling so good about yourself <laughs> and life and your fellow man, we can right. talk about some of the challenges we're seeing in this recalibrating market. And, uh, yeah. We're calling this episode "Preparing for the Power Shift" because it's right. coming. And you're kind of already on the leading edge of it. So give a little yeah. quick backstory and then okay. we're gonna dive into how to address this. So All go right. for it, Jeffy.
0: So one thing I actually wish is that you sometimes got to experience a market shift before I do so I could learn from you. I, I almost feel like I'm the one in the fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> because your little East Coast families are, you know, about what about two two months behind, three months behind us here, with the shifting. But what I'm seeing is I'm not seeing a complete shift yet. And you know, we're using the word shift in the way that sellers kind of seller's market versus buyer's market because we still only have a month and a half supply of homes right. for the amount of buyers. But I think because of the media, buyers are perceiving that they have a lot more power <laughs> to do mm-hmm. very odd things or I should say buyer's agents. And so I'm seeing that a lot. And it's really uncomfortable because professionalism is lacking.
1: So again, what we're starting to see is because there's so much media about what's going on with the market, and then we look at the actual numbers, right? And they don't really support Mm -hmm some of these reports that we're getting. but it's starting and and the attitudes are shifting. Sure. And you've been in some frustrating situations, and we said, okay, let's kind of step back on this a little bit. How do we apply it? How do we prepare? Because yes. we've you know we've been around for a while, and we know that when it when a power shifts, you gotta play the game a little bit differently. Right. Um, and we broke broke it into three main areas, which is you know evaluating buyers, buyers' agents when you mm-hmm. get offers. How do you shorten the contingency removal period or due diligence period in our market here in North Carolina? Right. And then how do we handle seller expectations right. in this market? So those are kind of the three big buckets that we're going to talk around. And we're, we're going to dive right into the the buyer's agent. Okay. So let's do that. And that's, okay. that's near and dear to your heart right now.
0: Sure. So I'm just going to use really this example of this escrow that I just went through this frustrating escrow I went through with the buyer's agent the the buyer I want to be really clear the buyer and the lender were fantastic they did, they've done everything they've been asked to do it's it's the buyer's agent who's really making it difficult so I think I would have in the future I will call from the MLS the last sold that the buyer's agent who were considering or the seller's considering to purchase and really get a an accurate assessment from another agent on how the buyer's agent did or how they interacted because i want to if that's the best offer obviously i what's right for the seller is what's right for the par- all parties so if that that buyer has a good loan and they're the highest offer and their contingencies are good even if the buyer's agent's crud, it doesn't matter. It's my job to make sure it gets to the finish line. So if I get a bad report from the last sale that buyer's agent had, I want to be very clear with my sellers that we're going to be up against a wall.
1: Yeah. And I think to maybe put a finer point on that, when we are evaluating offers,
0: yes. we
1: we we look to, we say, okay, who's the buyer's agent? And I know I look, also, if I have, if it's an agent, I know, i I know their track record, right? And right. I've got past transactions. I think where we can fall down on that is if we don't know who they are and a lot of new agents have come into the business in the last couple of years, Yeah. I haven't been going back and looking at their previous transaction and mm-hmm. trying to get a level set on, Hey, how did that go? And just listening right. to see what that agent says, because I'm seeing more and more I'm getting offers from agents I don't know. Yeah. Where if you go back you know, 15 years ago, it was the old guard, the same agents kind of coming through, Mm -hmm. but we're seeing more agents. And so I think that's a really smart one because in your example, you didn't have any background on that particular agent. Mm -mm. I only had her number of
0: transactions. So it's not like she's a new agent. She obviously knows what she's doing, but her ability to be a professional is very minimal right
1: Right. so in that situation it would have been it would have been beneficial and that's that's the learning lesson it's like hey if you don't know the agent on the other end especially as we have this power shift as part of your due diligence on evaluating offers throw a call into the other agent on their last transaction and you know Principles can cause the issues. It's really like, how was the process? Hey, you had some hiccups in the road. We always do. How was it handled?
0: Did they smooth
1: it out or did they make it rougher?
0: Hey, what's that saying you have that that agent taught you?
1: The one, Yeah. yeah. The old time agent, John Modisat. You know, I was like a new agent. And he said, Young man, <laughs> that's how long ago it was. I have found long ago that a successful transaction is paved with mutual concessions. There we go. Okay. And it's so true. And I'm going through a situation right now that proves this point. We're going through repair negotiations, and it had the potential to get contentious. We worked it through, we kept the goodwill. And now we got a title issue that's going to delay us. So Mm -hmm. if that listing agent would have blown it up, well, they could be in default, and we could get all our money back, and all the you know we could just walk away. But that's not the objective, and we're like we're walking down the road together to keep it to keep it happening. So my point is, you can think you have a lot of power, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but. 24 hours later, that could be the different situation. I you know, just don't it's know. Shifting
0: back and forth. Yeah, there was a stat that we heard, and I, I wish I could remember it, and maybe we could put it in the show notes, but there's a stat of how many transactions are falling apart. And Brian Buffini mentioned that 90% of the time, it's the agent's lack of repairing and working to make things work way more than it is buyer and seller. and this, th- we're going to be going into a market, you're next, mister, but we're in it right now where we need professional agents working professionally to make sure that our clients are taken care of full stop.
1: Yep. Right. Totally agree. So, again, to summarize on this buyer agent piece, it's hey, you know, look to their track record. If you know it, you can lean on that. You do that naturally. But if you don't, it's worth that extra phone call. To the last transaction and get a sense of how that went so that you can inform your seller and do that. So let's exactly. talk about shortening the contingency removal or due diligence periods. Sure. And what you're what you're thinking there. So take okay, that one away. So,
0: so a lot of times in the last shifting market, we there was a lot of wiggle room for buyers to take an ex an exorbitant amount of time to do something that really can happen in a short period of time. So I am highly advising listing agents to make sure that they keep those timeframes short because we don't want to have our listings off the market for any length of time, especially, well, we don't want a long period of time because of interest rates rising, bumping, falling, changing. We want to make sure that these buyers are vested and that everybody is working towards the same goal. So. In California, the the standard purchase agreement is 17 days and I highly advise my sellers not to accept anything over 10 ever just because I know that within 10 days, you can really get a lot done. We're a little bit different than you because your clients put in a, it's a due diligence fund. What is it called? Yeah.
1: So, our, our situation's different. We have... Right. We're what we call a due diligence state. And okay. so... It's the buyer's responsibility to do everything that they need to know that they want to move forward or not. And here's the kick the kicker: for a negotiated period of time, so it's not predefined, okay, and a negotiated price. And so, okay. I w- if you were selling your home, I'd say, "Hey, I want thirty days and five hundred dollars, and I can walk away for five hundred dollars." Yeah. When, when buyers have a lot of power, we were seeing that. Right. This this market we came through, I was getting hundred thousand dollar, two hundred thousand dollar due diligence mm-hmm. checks. Yeah. Waiving the time period. So they're just been saying, right. I'm buying it.
0: Right. That's
1: changing. Yes. <laughs> so so we need to think about what techs, techniques can we do to try and keep those dollar values high so they don't walk away and right. keep the time periods tight.
0: Yeah. This is interesting because for you, you have the due diligence dollars. So let's just say it's a thousand. mm -hmm. No matter what, the seller keeps the thousand if the buyer walks away. Where in California, we can have a deposit of $20,000. And if our buyer walks away before they sign, they actively have to sign a contingency removal, they get all that money back. Right. So there's there's nothing. Our sellers are really left out to dry, which is why these points are so important. If you're a listing agent, these are so important. The next one is having a fast appraisal because a lot of times, buyers, agents, in past markets would kind of wiggle time and, oh, we'll do our inspection and then we're going to order an appraisal and, oh, I'm so sorry, we need an extension of time because the appraiser's busy. So all these things. So in my... In my counteroffers, I always say the appraisal to be ordered within forty-eight hours. So yeah. that way, I know that they have skin in the game because they have to pay for that up front. That's you know anywhere from six hundred and fifty to a thousand dollars. So at least at right. that point, they have some sort of skin in the game.
1: Right, and see what you're doing is you're putting in these extra clauses to where they're they're showing that they're spending money. Yes. Where we get that money up front that goes to the seller. Yes. And the way we we describe that is, you're buying time from the yeah. seller, yeah, and that and that has value. Now in a in a tight market, it has a lot of value, right? If there's more supply, then it becomes a nominal amount, which just really puts the seller at a a repair negotiation disadvantage because yes. they can ask for anything. Which kind of brings me to the point that you've been doing forever, and I'm. The last two listing meetings I've been on last week, I've used this. I'm like, we are getting pre inspections. And then both the sellers agreed. Great. It's, I said, look, we need to do this because this market is shifting and we want to have this information so that we can hold, we can reduce those due diligence periods and get more money.
0: So and, smart.
1: Well, got it from you. So thank you. I mean, I'm so smart. You're so smart. <laughs> Very, very smart. (laughs)
0: Extremely smart. If you think about that, you if you whatever you're buying, right? It doesn't matter what you're buying. You want to give the buyer the most information you possibly can. So number one, their buyer's remorse is lower, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't realize the roof was 25 years old, or I didn't realize the pipes were falling apart. You want them to to know eyes wide open before they go in because when they get into it they start getting nervous and scared anyway why wouldn't you want them to feel secure about what they're buying or at least understand it and for me I always say to the to the buyer's agent or through the buyer's agent to the buyer if you find something else when you do your inspection the seller will definitely talk to you about it but if it's the same old crap that you just read about we're we're not talking about anything
1: right that's and that's a great way to position it and I hadn't thought about it this way, but I think an analogy I'm going to use is like, hey, you know, if, you, if you're if you going to go buy a used car, you're probably mm-hmm. willing to pay more if it's coming from the dealer because they've evaluated it. Yes. Or if you can see a Carfax report, yeah. you're more, you're like, versus the guy around the corner who, <laughs> you know, looks a little <laughs> sketchy and doesn't got have any cigar, records.
0: Got a cigar yeah. hanging out of his mouth. It's and great. The, Never yeah. been in an accident. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> Driven by my mom, <laughs> so my mom. you know, so it it makes sense to to offer that up. And I like how you're doing. It. It's like, of course, if you find something else, we're going to be talking about yeah, that. But if it's course. on this list, like, you know, we're not, and we've yeah. repaired these items, and these ones we haven't. Yes, um, and yeah. I think that's a great way to position it. And quite frankly, we used to do that a lot. We've we haven't had to do it for the last five six years. It's time to like polish that Uh puppy up and start doing it again. Right.
0: Sharpen the skills, man. Sharpen them up. Okay, I have a question for you because this came up in our show prep. We were talking about gauging motivation and I I want to give a shout out to Joe O'Mara, my business partner, because he is very, very, very good at this. Uh, And obviously, I sit with him a lot in our listing appointments and buyer's appointments. But with you, you brought it up without... Knowing Joe's good at it. So I'd love to hear your, like how you do that, how you yeah. gauge motivation.
1: Absolutely. So, um, again, what we're talking about is we've gotten an offer, we're starting to negotiate with that buyer's agent. So if I'm mm-hmm. on the listing side, and I do this on the buyer's side too. Right. But specifically, we're talking on the listing side. I want to see, I, I know that the way the agent is acting. In that negotiation is how it's going to be down the line. It's just going to be more intense, right? We're Spades dating, spade. yeah, yeah. We're in the date phase, <laughs> and we're going to be like married soon for forty-five right. to sixty days. Right. And so, I so I want to listen and see what's going on. So, hey, how quickly do they get back to me? Um, what do they? What kind of questions are they asking? Are they being whiny about stuff? Are they being mm-hmm. super aggressive on their counteroffer like like coming through? How are they positioning? Mm-hmm. That's all just it's just getting started. And right. and I tell my sellers this, it's like and bars, how it starts <laughs> is how it's gonna finish. Yeah. So don't expect it to get better. You've right. gotta listen. And that's where that track, if you don't have the track record, mm-hmm. you know, and even you know, people, people change over time. And their clients might be driving some of that too. Yeah. You know, are they playing nice or are they being, you know, are they, they're being snarky and, right. uh, and it's not going to
0: get easier. Right. Exactly. Yep. Again, you know, it's hard when you have one offer on your property and you got the snark biscuit on the other side, which comes down to setting seller expectation. But, you know, just make sure you are not, you know, hey, Mr. Seller, this, Buyer's agent is a jackass. You don't want to be doing that. But you just you want to say, I just want to let you know that the road to get to where we are today has been very difficult. I want to let you know these people will probably be late with with their contingency removals. They'll probably be late with their closing. They probably won't do what they say. So I want to make sure you know I'm on top of it. But I need you to understand you can't snap your fingers and make somebody be something they're not.
1: I love how you present that. I'm a little gentler with that message, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I know.
0: God, I I'm so straightforward. <laughs> <No>. ah.
1: <laughs> All right,
0: let's keep it moving. Yeah. Um, seller expectation so, for, um, for this changing, this perceived or shifting of power. Do you want to talk about yeah. uh, days on yeah. market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is an important one. Um, and again we're in a changing market, the buyers are on top of that and driving that. Uh, mm. Sellers are going to tend to maybe cling to the old model because their neighbors are saying how many offers they got and how yeah. easy it was and they made 200 yeah. up. Yeah. And it's our job at the very beginning to say, hey, this is a changing market. You know, We're going to do the absolute best marketing we can. But don't expect 20 offers this time around, you know, it, and it might take a little bit longer. Here's how average days on market has changed. Yeah. You know, again, the numbers are always, they always help you. So sure. I went and looked, you know, been out on some listing meetings, closed year to date. A- average days on market was four. Pending right now in the MLS
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, you know, 14. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's dramatically changed. Right. Um, and again, that's off of really large sample sizes, right? So you know we're seeing we're seeing um, a change that things are slowing down. And we talked about this that we should say look, when we go in, look to the total you know average days on market for your pendings and mm-hmm. use that as kind of your benchmark. It's like right now, it's great, properties under contract, average you know average days on market' 14. Mm-hmm. If we go if we hit 14 days, Mm -hmm. And I also look at the number of showings or 20 showings, Mm -hmm. whichever comes first, then we've got an issue. There's only three variables in real estate price, condition, location. We can't move it. So it's not the location. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's either something with the condition or the price. And usually the easiest one to change is the price. Exactly. So, So, you know, you have to have those discussions.
0: Okay, time out for a second. Do you use median days on market or average days on market?
1: I use average days on market. I use okay. median home price, but average okay. days on market. And I throw out the new construction. Okay. So that because that's those who come in at zeros in our MLS. Mm-hmm. And that'll mm-hmm. throw that number off. So I don't want, I don't want that new construction number. Sure, sure. So toss those out. Show me average days on market. And then you can look for the outliers too and say, okay, if there's one that's been like a year and a half, I probably should toss that one.
0: Probably out. get rid of that one. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, and then throw the zeros out. Yeah.
0: Okay. So again, it's really interesting because almost every podcast that we have, it, there's a theme. And the theme is setting expectations.
1: Setting expectations. Right. You're right. It just, I it just thought keeps about
0: coming up over and over and over again. And it really comes down to that, the beauty of communication and allowing your team, which is the agent, the, you, the other agent, the lender, the escrow company, the buyers, the sellers, to allow them to be on the same page for an expectation of something that's true and not media-driven, you know it's truly from the numbers it's truly from calling to find out how that buyer's agent performed there's all these things and it's just it's creating a beautiful story so that everybody can be on the same page
1: very well said and i think one of my takeaways from this is it's just a couple little extra steps yeah in the before the in the during and the after of the whole process that can make a huge difference and uh, it's time to sharpen that those skills up and, and be ready sharpen, to go with that.
0: Sharpen those skills. All That's right, it. everybody. Hey, Ed, thanks for everything. And you guys can check us out on YouTube if you want to see our silly faces talking. And uh, <laughs> throw in a like. <laughs> Thumbs Throwing up. Like. And I hope you guys have a great day. See y'all later. We hope you enjoyed the show gained insight into having a thriving business and living a balanced life. We also welcome any ideas you would like us to discuss in future shows. Don't forget to like and share. We'll see you next week.